Here Be Dragons is a podcast of Christ City Church in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Here, we'll aim to talk about what it means to faithfully follow Jesus in our post-Christian context, all with the aim of making missional disciples for the sake of the neighborhood. If you'd like to know more about Christ City Church and get connected to a neighborhood church, you can email info at christcitychurch.ca. Well, welcome to the Here Be Dragons podcast. My name is Jake. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ City Church. Excited about our conversation today where we talk about video games, esports, and Jesus. Very, very excited to have uh, Caleb with us, Caleb Cousins, and Jose as well. Jose, I will not try to pronounce your last name. I will butcher it. It's good to have you both with us. Uh, Video games have moved from being the niche hobby of a few technologically inclined individuals or being just for kids and have become something where it's just as likely as your 30-year-old neighbor is into video games as his 16-year-old son. The technology, the demographic, as we'll talk about, has changed and all developed astronomically in recent years. And to help us understand how Christians can navigate the subculture faithfully, I've got Caleb and Jose with me. First, Caleb is a member of the Christ City community, and when he's not changing a diaper, he is the CEO of Adamus. Am I saying that right? Adamus. Adamus, yeah. Esports Training and Performance, a company that works to optimize the performance of esports athletes. Nailed it. I'm also joined by Jose, himself a devoted video game player, follower of Jesus, and spent a lot of time in ministry working with youth and navigating this very subculture with them. So Jose and Caleb, again, it's good to have you with me. Thanks for having us. Thanks. I I do want to start talking first off because I think for most people listening to this podcast, they think of video games. Maybe not most people. A certain segment of people listening to this podcast think of video games and immediately think, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this, like you fill in the blanks, Cheetos, like mom's basement, yeah. uh, like lazy adult who needs to grow up and do something with their life. Mm. Maybe even they think about like a pastor who from the pulpit has said like <laughs> those lazy video game players um, help bring that segment of people listening right now into the world of gaming as it exists now. This multi-billion dollar industry uh, this huge worldwide phenomenon, uh, and to call it even a subculture is probably not giving it like the, the right you know respect. Like it is this worldwide cultural phenomenon that has changed so dramatically, even in the past five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Caleb, maybe just starting with you, like give those people who have not been paying attention to video games at all a bit of a here's what video games are in the year 2021. Sure. I mean, it's a great question. It's a it's a question, and it's a stereotype that uh, my job it's my job to kind of fight against that stereotype yeah. because uh, the industry right now, although I think that stereotype is still true for a certain subset of gamers and was true previously, um, is the exception to the rule now. I mean, esports is highly professionalized esports electronic sports electronic sports thank you sorry i just want to clarify yeah, thank you jose's laughing at me right now <laughs> sorry Caleb. um it's highly professionalized yeah. and and the people still debate it but for me the there is no debate it is a sport at the end of the day and the it is one of the fastest growing sports around mm. the world in fact it is already a larger sport from a pure viewership and interest perspective than the National Hockey League, to give you a sense. So it's top three in North America, top four in the world um, sports, and it's growing year over year on an incredible rate. And so, I mean, you talk about um, these 
these uh, gamers in their in their mom's basement. Well, they're no longer in their mom's basement. Right. They're in their multi million dollar mansion, right. and their mom lives in their basement. Exactly, in right. a lot of cases, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, and they're playing in front of uh, mit- well thousands of people online every day. Um, they are competing against teams all over the world in a very global sport, um, and it is. It is uh, it it is culture now. To your yeah. point, is like mm-hmm. it's not just a part of culture. It's not just a segment of culture. Gaming, I would argue, is the most prevalent um, medium in our yeah. culture yeah. today. And it is. I think it is really transcultural in the sense that. So I'm a big sports guy, and so I know that like in the gaming world, I just play like NBA 2K or I just play Madden, like if I do play video games. But it also like expands, like so it's not just jocks or historic jocks, but then it's going into like the fantasy realm or like, you know, the the first person shooter. And so there really is transcultural, even in the genres of game itself. Jose, speak a bit uh, about, I know that you and Holly, Holly's your wife, mm. have gone to, like there's conventions mm. around, like what, what what is that about? Yeah, I'm... I'm not an esports athlete, okay. so um, when we talk about the Cheeto gamers, uh, right, that totally exists, just like with any other sport. You right. think about like the basketball jocks that show up with right. the entire full kit <laughs> right, to a right. pickup game, you know, right. at the YMCA with their LeBrons on, exactly, yes, yeah, yes. And so yes. there's there's still that. Like, yeah. of course, there's going to be people who enjoy it to a fair amount, and. They will be at their parents eating Cheetos because they've got a certain code for a specific in-game event or something. So there's still a lot of marketing and stuff that that drives that. But uh, when we go to these events, it's it's not just um, a subset of gaming. It's it's uh, it's connecting with like a culture, right? Mm -hmm. So the same way we go to church uh, because we have similar minds and Mm -hmm. similar ideas and and I. And want to grow in certain mm-hmm. areas, right? Uh, is the same way we do kind of mm-hmm. anything and, and enjoy ourselves with a lot of these forms of entertainment. So 2016, we traveled to the League of Legends World Championships. I got I to gotta hear this story. League of Legends World Championships. So I actually dragged my wife there while she was, I think, six months pregnant. <laughs> so we were going on our baby moon to San Francisco, downtown, where well, there's all these hills. So you booked a baby moon. Oh, yeah. And it was to the League of Legends World Championship mm-hmm. without your wife's like knowledge, permission, blessing. I mean, she was down for it. Like okay, she all right. Was, it was our first kid, so okay. she's up for anything. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, at, at the time, we were, you know, we would talk about this video game. We'd enjoy it. Yep. Um, she didn't really see the value of just watching something on TV um, until we actually got there, and you yeah. get to experience the the whole community when people are cheering and excited for mm. watching this person stare at a screen and move their mouse and click yeah. their keyboard. And uh, it's the same way that we could, you know, compare LeBron just shooting a basketball. Right. You know, uh, so we got to experience that in, um, in a crowd full of people that are excited about the teams that are showing up there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, Can we talk about that sort of analogy that you just made and the connection you just mm-hmm. made? And maybe Caleb, I'd like you to speak to this specifically. So I think about an athlete like LeBron, thousands of hours in yeah. the gym, you know, he's a big guy, mm-hmm. freak of nature. I think about what he's doing on the court. And so while I'm with you, like, yeah, like it's a sport. There's like, you know, there's a lot of money behind yeah. it. Obviously there's some skill to it. Is it really the same thing in yeah. terms of like the, like the, the, the hand-eye coordination, all that's required? 
Yeah, it it is a it is an intensely athletic mm. endeavor. Um, so just from a pure science perspective, what the body goes through while you're gaming is similar to what like marathon runners are going through from a stress perspective. Um, the hand-eye coordination, the amount of training you need to do, and the 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 fitter your body, the better you game as well. So you need so the best in the world do have to actually train their bodies, train their minds. It's a very cognitive and and mental sport mm. so you don't need to be able to run fast or jump high right but the the mental tasks you have to do are much bigger than any traditional sport so it's just it's it's the new sport right and Le- lebron's an interesting an interesting example because lebron's one of the leaders in traditional sport in taking his mental performance and mental health seriously interesting Whereas that is the core of what esports athletes have to do. And then in order to bring that up to another level, exercising and eating right, that's all important right. as well. Right. But the it they're they're cognitive, they're mental athletes at the end of the day. So I, I looked this up ahead of time. At your company, Caleb, you have on staff on your performance team a psychologist, a physiotherapist, a sport optometrist. A, a doctor specializing in esports medicine and more. Yeah. So this is all sort of like all that you're saying before. You need all these various professionals. Yeah. Yeah. So my business is is about optimizing these athletes. Like every traditional sport team has all of these people often on staff, if right. not in in their networks. Esports athletes need the same kind of support because they are, if anything, under more stress than traditional sport athletes. Because mm-hmm. as a basketball player, this is a controversial statement. I just want you to know that. Say that it's a controversial okay. statement. You can say it. I'll let it happen, but just keep keep on going. Okay. Keep on going. Okay. So so a basketball player, yep. you can train for two hours a day, really. Right. And then you're done. Right. Esports athletes are training for 12 hours a day, a every point. day. And the, te- the toll that that takes on your mind mm. and your body is intense. And it's like, it's funny because the science about it is like we're actually catching up in the scientific community to to learn the toll that it takes on the body because mm. it isn't you can't compare it to traditional sports in that way and so it is 100% different than traditional sports right but it is no less intense or physical or mental than traditional sports. I think that's a really strong argument yeah you might have a convert here okay I, I want to switch <laughs> back to what you talked about Jose about that community mm. so talk to me about the community what is the community in video games like like what's been your experience in that community yeah um just the same with kind of any type of regular functioning community yeah uh, it's got its highs and lows yeah um there's all sorts of different types of um people within that community right. gaming community is a large community there's uh, different subsets like first person shooters or or moba gamers or sorry what mo- was that uh MOBA, uh, which is, um, you guys have had to define terms throughout this interview. Yeah. Which is, uh, kind of a, a multiplayer, okay. um, online game okay. uh, that is Got directly it. one on, or you're fighting against the other team. Got it. Um, and even you can chalk up mobile gamers as well too. There's all different okay. types of gamers out there. Okay. Uh, and if you really look at it really deeply, um, we, we had this pretty deep conversation of how we even think that um, uh, fantasy league. So mm. like uh, NFL fantasy yeah. league and I'm part of stuff. a couple of myself. Yeah, exactly. I just lost to my um, five-year-old nephew in my March 
madness bracket. Condolences. Pool. Yeah. Just to prove that it's a complete, uh, it's a complete it's guess a game. who's going to win. It's yeah. a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're gaming in that. And so it, it, it's the gaming community in itself is not just about like uh, who is playing what it's right. more about being connected as like, we all, we all play video games and we recognize that. Right. So there's uh, peripheral things like people enjoying um, a community based around the art the art of the video games right. or even the music of the video games or uh, the storytelling um, right. storytelling. There's great communities around that. There's even games or a, a giant community around finishing games really, really quickly. So yes. like uh, there's uh, some great events that they do around uh, what they call speed running. So yeah. um, there's a lot of different communities out there and, and there is um, all sorts of different uh, complications that come with that because yeah. of how big it is. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a community. It's thriving. It's doing well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what would you say? I mean, to those who would say, yeah, it's a community, but it's a bit different than my running club, right? My running club, I'm in person with somebody. I see them. Um, this you know, I'm by myself. Maybe I'm with other people. You know, growing up, we had LAN parties mm -hmm. where we'd connect our computers like in, yeah. in a house and we play StarCraft or something like that. Or, you know, the other day, my, my son was um, was talking to me about odd jobs in um, in English literature. Like it's a it's a it's something I don't even know what it is to this day. It's something in the English language. Like it does something. Yeah. He's learning about this in school. And all I could think about was odd job in uh, 007 Goldeneye <laughs> yeah. where you would you make a game and you'd say, you know, license to kill, no odd jobs. Like yeah. those are the standard <laughs> rules of 007 Goldeneye, right? Yeah. So we had that sort of community thing where we'd be in a house together as a bunch of, you know, kids mm -hmm. growing up playing video games together. What would you say to like the, the, like the de-embodied or like the not in-person component of the community? Is it any less of a community because you're not physically there with that person? Uh, I know, what do you guys think about that, Caleb? What do you think about that? Okay. Um, I mean, it's funny because in a in a post well in a COVID world, right? Like the gaming community is really the only community that has survived in a lot of ways from a day to day sure. basis, and yeah. so it it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, i I have I grew up in online communities. Mm -hmm. That was where I I've spent much of my teens, mm. and well, I mean, even now playing playing games, and so it's it's one of my natural places to be it was just always has been and so i think and i think that's even more so the case for like the next generations gen z and and everyone coming coming after us is online is just where people live mm -hmm. for better or worse there's mm -hmm. just, there's lots of debate that can be had mm -hmm. about that mm -hmm. but because more like i would say most of us spend more time online whether that's vr our smartphones or on our right. PCs than we do in the real world anyway. Right. right. And so the communities, the virtual and, and kind of digital communities that we have are different than the traditional communities that you talk about running clubs and stuff. Right. But just as relevant, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I want to, I want to chime in on this too, because I think that like we think of the online community as like the connectedness, but before then, like, we had these experiences, you know, being built in, into us. Like, uh, I think about is a video game, you know, it called Super Smash Bros. Right? Oh, I played or, Super. You don't have to say exactly, Super Smash right? Bros. Like Every abstract knows. thing. Yeah. I played Super <laughs> Smash Bros. So and I obviously was Kirby because I'm not a moron. <laughs> yeah. And so there's this demographic of people who grew up playing, you know, some sort yeah. of video game, yeah. and they they would assume, hey, this is a 
multiplayer game, which is super boring by itself. Like mm-hmm. it's in it by itself. It's uh, story mode was okay, but it's not a game that you play consistently over and over again yeah. until yeah. you start playing with your friends and your friends would come over and they'd be like, oh, I'm the best of my friends. And then they would tell you that story of the other friend in your class that was better than you. Right. And you had to prove yourself. Right, right. And so over time, that's where gaming started. It's a grassroots thing. That's where everyone started. You're, you're like the, the Super Smash Bros. Melee community is 21 years old because the game came out 21. It is legal drinking age in the States. <laughs> Interesting. And they are still playing that game nonstop. Right. Um, the gaming community in itself is not like a reason. Like it migrated to the internet, but it's always been there. Yeah? Right. It's always been that element of like, oh, I think somebody's better than you or right. I, I want to have this form of competition. And so just it's a virtual element of that. Yeah, um, that's... That's a great point. And yeah. to that point, even now, like I've seen so many of my friends who don't, who are very competitive mm-hmm. people, but don't have the outlets of traditional sports right yeah. now, yeah. they've come to gaming mm-hmm. and they love it because it gives them the outlet to be competitive, to try to beat their friends or beat random strangers. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And so that the competition is, is I can attest point. to this. Caleb is a very competitive guy. <laughs> I can attest to this. This has been proven in the church soccer league. That's right. so I just wanted to just have that on record, have that on note. Still bummed we didn't win that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So let me ask, I mean, maybe take it away from the abstract sort of like mm-hmm. this, you know, the big cultural questions, but for you two personally, as followers of Jesus, people who like are part of this community, the church, and this community, right, the, the gaming community, um, what's been your experience being, first off, uh, in this community of the church as someone who games? What Have you guys felt perhaps like historically or in your experience at least like the church has been sort of like, ugh, these gamers. Or, 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 or what has your experience been uh, to that end, uh, positive or negative? Very curious to, to hear. I mean, not really existent, I would say, more or less. I mean, it, I, I, made a, I made a joke to, to my wife before coming here. I'm like, maybe this is just a ruse to get me here for some church <laughs> discipline because I've gotten too many people in the church addicted to video games. <laughs> because That is how we do church discipline. We trick people to come in <laughs> yeah, and then, and yeah, then right. we sort of surprise it with elders. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah so what I just saw, yeah, we're just, yeah. <laughs> no, no traps here, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess every church I've, I've always been in, it's felt like something, and this is the case in corporate in the corporate world as well. This is not just church, but gaming is something that most people feel like they kind of, and it's less and less so, but they kind of need to hide mm. or like it's not something they're willing to talk about. And I would say definitely in the church as well, mm-hmm. um, and which is why, I mean, it's been so cool since I've started my business. Like I would have probably never met Jose except like through the connection of gaming and because it became more like I became kind of a gaming guy at church and then I got introduced to Jose. Um, I would have never met a bunch of the guys at church that I've met through gaming. Mm. Um, if, if gaming, like if it wasn't talked about in some way. Mm. And so it's, it's an, it's an interesting one for sure. Can I ask sort of, Caleb, I mean, you, you don't, maybe you don't know where this comes from, but like, where do you think that impression of like, Oh, like, I mean, like if the church is going to talk about gaming, it's probably to be like, gaming is for those lazy, <laughs> terrible people. Like, like wh- where does that come from, do you think? I think it's ingrained in us from at least 
from parents, sure. honestly, like growing up in my house, I don't know how it was for you, but like we were allowed to game like just on the weekends. Right. My mom was never a huge fan of it. And right. like, as soon as we got into call of duty and first person shooters, she was even less of a fan of it. Right. And so there was that level of like, it's, it's accepted, but not really at home. And that just kind of goes into your life and it, it goes into church or work or whatever else. And it just becomes something you just don't talk about as much, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Jose? What's your experience? Yeah. I mean, if you think about all the church leaders, what do you think of? You don't think of somebody who would go home and, and sit down and watch a movie, you know, like you would expect them to be sitting down in their study with a million books. <laughs> right. And then like getting ready for Sunday. All the time. All the time. They're, they're always getting ready Non-stop. for Sunday. Non-stop. They yes. don't watch anything else. What, they're not? What? <laughs> I, yeah, no, I am always getting ready for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like that's kind of the experience when you see somebody up at the front of the church, you know, mm. modeling Christianity. And then at the same time, I think, just naturally as Christians, like we don't do a good job celebrating like people's gifts and talents um, mm. within the church. Mm. And so people enjoying video games and encouraging that we mm. don't equip people to do that mm. um, very effectively as the church. I, I think um, I've, I've been a part of a lot of different churches and uh, over time you, you never find out that somebody games until that one aha moment happens right? right when they're like oh yeah like i was i was up late last night uh playing video games and then somebody's like what games do you play yeah. and then the light bulb switches and yeah. you guys are like best friends immediately <laughs> after right yeah. and so at a church in a church context you you're kind of relating everything into just what's in the church you're never really relating to the things outside of church mm -hmm. And so growing up, I skateboarded a lot. And one of the telltale signs uh, when I was a youth is uh, if somebody showed up with skateboard shoes, I assumed right. they were skateboarders and I could, I could connect with them. Right. You know, like he's a skateboarder and right. he comes to church. Right. Um, but we don't really have that with video games. I mean, we have cool paraphernalia. Um, more and more, which makes it easier. Which makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but now we we assume that like you know every teenager plays video games in some mm. way. Uh, we assume that little youth kid is cracked at Fortnite and mm. he doesn't tell his parents and yeah. he only gets to play one one hour a week. But he's really <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, and so as a church community, I don't think we we cultivate a lot of mm. that. Um, which I think we could do a better job yeah. at. Um, yeah. And especially now with kids um, in smaller schools in, in the States, they're getting full ride scholarships to play video games. Yeah. And so, so now all the parents are listening. Oh, what was it? Ready. Pardon me. Exactly. And, and I think like as a Christian community, we, we stifle that quite a bit mm. just by saying like, Hey, these are traditional methods that we expect because of the traditions of the church Tradition. that have lasted yeah. forever. Right. And our perspective on this is that it could, you know, um, cause these addictions or right. call the, uh, cause these um, uh, inadequacies of, of relating um, your relationships to God or it's pulling you away from God. Right. Um, in the same way we can compare that to a basketball game or, yeah. or you know, uh, bike riding or even eating, you and, know? And Jose, yeah. you know this working as a youth pastor. I mean... Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say this. Like I've seen just as many kids working as a youth pastor as well mm -hmm. uh, leave the church and leave the faith and leave meaningful relationship with other Christians through their youth sports. Yeah. Right. These good playing outside games. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then they have through video games. And so it, yeah. you can't wait it one way or the other. Exactly. Do you so, know how many times I had to tell a parent like, 
that youth group is important for connections over their, you know, football or right. soccer practice. Right. And or would, Kumon. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right? And and at the end of the day, too, like, the, the kids that are playing video games in silence are the same kids that are still connected now. Yeah. Uh, and those are the ones that, you know, understand what community is. Yeah. Like we were talking about before. They understand the value of community, how unique and diverse and, and, and all the traits that it brings, how hard it can be. Um, they, they understand the things while sports, you, you play the sport, you exist in that sport, but it's hard to engage in the community without the sport, you know? Right. Yeah. So I want to just maybe just frame this really helpfully for those who are listening right now who are who are moving out of like, okay, maybe there's something here to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want us to highlight the redemptive components of playing video games. And I think one of those that I was thinking of before talking today was the aspect of play and how play itself is something that can really just glorify God. And here we have this sort of new medium, this new mm. mode of playing. I, I think that's one of those things. Uh, the other one I, I, w- I wanted to talk about was not just uh, the play component, but also like the artistic side of video games. That this, and, and maybe I'm thinking about this wrongly, and so help me here, is this the new frontier in one aspect of artistic expression? Is this sort of where it's going? I mean, what do you guys think about that when we think about the church and art throughout history? And the church and art has always been together yeah. in advancing things together. Should we as a church be like, okay, here's just a new frontier of, of art. Is that is that a right way to think about it? Or is that am I thinking about it wrongly? No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, just from a pure business perspective, not looking at anything else, the video game industry mm. is larger than <clears throat> the movie industry, so Hollywood and the entire North American sports industry combined right. from a from a revenue perspective. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at that right there. That is wild. It is wild. Yeah. Like people don't know that, but like like it is wild. So like from a medium perspective, movies are like they're going to be a dinosaur in a few years. Mm-hmm. If you play some of these games that are coming out, the stories that are being told and that you can immerse yourself in and not just consume right. are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like the storytelling is already better than movies. And that's that's new. That didn't always used to be the case. Think of like Sid Meier's Pirates, like early days video games. Like this, like that wasn't always the case. It was pretty terrible. Or like mm-hmm. even like Street Fighter. Yep. Like it was pretty terrible storytelling, yep. but mm-hmm. it's grown exponentially. For sure. Yeah. And you're seeing like, and not just on the storytelling side, but like you said, the music side, the art side, like the top minds in all of these industries are going to gaming because right. they see that is where people are spending their time. That is mm-hmm. where people are consuming these stories. And so whether it be Hans Zimmer, like legendary uh, soundtrack yeah. maker for all, like he does tons of video game soundtracks now mm. because that's where people are listening to his music. Interesting. And so it's it's a crazy, interesting opportunity for the church and your to your point around the church and, and art has, have always coincided to to find ways to to have a broader influence because mm. the yeah the mediums of of kind of the last 20 years are, are slowly going extinct. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, yeah. I think I talked about this with you guys a bit, uh, this game called that dragon cancer. And there's this, um, there's this dad whose son was diagnosed with cancer. I believe his mm-hmm. son or his daughter. I might be wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his child was diagnosed with cancer and he, he turned that experience of having a child diagnosed with cancer uh, into a, like this, a video game. Now video game is the wrong word to use right. there, but into this immersive experience yep where you're walking through that. And so I had never thought before 
mm-hmm. of having an emotive experience. Because I mean, any parent who hears about like a a cancer diagnosis of their child, like I mean, immediately like tears start to flow. Like yeah. you're, you're choking it yeah. back pretty quickly. Yeah. And here he is using this medium of of um, whatever you would call it of of interactive gameplay mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to help people understand what it is like to have your child diagnosed with such a terrible thing, you know, as the title suggests, that dragon cancer. Mm-hmm. And so here it is, for me at least, like, oh, maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe this is this incredible storytelling medium, like you both are saying, that the church could actually capitalize on mm-hmm. and use, not in some sort of like cheesy or hokey way, but to tell meaningful stories. I don't know. Yeah, and I think it's also important for parents listening that like, when your kids are pursuing their passion, whether it be art or music or anything else, um, they gaming is a great medium for that. And so to mm-hmm. encourage that and not mm. discourage it in your kids for the sake of the church, but also just for your kid, like mm-hmm. it is where the future is going. And I mean, if we think what we're seeing now is immersive, just yeah. wait until VR and AR becomes a bigger thing. Um, it's going to get scary immersive. Right? <laughs> like you're going to be living in these worlds. Like right. it's kind of crazy. I, I want to talk about, so we, I mean, we think, I, I think we can agree that there's like a, quite a bit that's redemptive about video games mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being, it being play, uh, engaging people artistically, creatively. Like there's quite a bit to be celebrated about video games. But as we're going to see with each of these subcultures in the season that we're doing, there is at the same time in every subculture, a dark side. So one of those dark sides I, I think we see in, in video games at times uh, is that addictive quality. So can, can you just speak that? We've kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, like, does is that real uh, in your experience? How should Christians think about that? Further to point, as we've already talked, you, you guys are dads. You know, you guys are, you know, working full time, paying bills. Like, 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 how do you guys think through those kinds of things? Um, yeah, help me out here. So I need to start off by by putting a caveat here because absolutely gaming is addictive. Okay. It has addictive qualities. The games are designed to be addictive. Like that's that's all true. Right. But that is no different than pretty much every other activity that we do nowadays, whether that be social media, whether mm, that's right. fitness. You look around the city, how many people in this city are addicted to fitness? Oh, yeah. It's we, crazy. We talked about this already. It's insane. Right. Yeah. Um, whether that's like uh, food or alcohol, whether, I mean, everything we do has an addictive quality. And it's about, yeah. to me, it's about having a community in your life that, um, a healthy community in your life that will call you mm. on your crap. Mm. It's like, Caleb, I haven't seen you in two weeks. Where have you been? Right. Oh, I've been gaming. Oh, well, maybe you should think about that. Like right. people who in your life who will do that because- because you can't do it by yourself, just like every addiction is, is or everything that can be addicting, right. is you need, you need boundaries within your own life. So you need to know yourself and know kind of what you can get away with mm-hmm. and what you can't. But then you also need the people in your life to, to just call you on it. And I mean, to your point about being a father, I mean, I would recommend anyone who wants to curb any addiction to become a father yeah. because you have way l- less time. Right. And that's a what good thing. What is free time? Yeah. <laughs> what is, right? what yeah. is this big free time? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that instantly creates a much smaller window that I can game and kind of have some me time mm-hmm. for right. sure. Um, 
But yeah, to me, it's it's all about the community. And that's what I say to anyone and any one of my friends who I introduce games to, whether it's a specific game or just gaming in general, is, listen, if I see you online too much, I'm going to be calling you. Yeah. You need to know what's like, just be careful because these things, yeah. you can get lost. Yeah. You get lost real fast yeah. because either you're competitive and you really want to get good at it or the game itself is just like... Algorithmically programmed to... Right. Yeah. So... Yes, yeah. it's addictive, but no more addictive than anything else sure. for any parents out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think the addictive qualities come from um, like the nature of play. I, I think mm. there is um, there's few things in your life that you can like really succeed in, and so there's that chase of that like victory royale. You know, like the the one chance of like. Sorry, Victory Royale. This is a Fortnite. Is, this is a Fortnite, Fortnite reference. Yeah, I, okay. I did my research. Do do? I did my research. <laughs> Fortnite reference. Continue, Jose. Uh, and so there's this chase of the the hunt of like actually getting, succeeding, being yeah. being good at something within your realm of, of something that you control. Right. right. Like there's very few things where you have full control. You know absolutely every element of it. You are in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And there's very little external factors into mm-hmm. that. So there's there's a lot that comes into play for that. Um, uh, like as a dad, there's very few things that I have control over, yeah. right? And and I like it that way. I, I like sharing that responsibility. But then also I know my limits within yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like I, I know how to engage with that. Um, and The idea yeah. of control, Jose, is, is really interesting because I mm-hmm. think this is something that transcends subculture so even thinking about fitness mm-hmm. um like the ability to control like how i look yeah. like this one like you know or what i eat this mm-hmm. one part of my life or to go to this community or this game where i can control how i'm perceived in the certain community what my yeah. avatar looks like all those sorts of things i think yeah. that idea of control is super alluring because the reality is as ecclesiastes tells us like we have no control. Exactly. Like what one yeah. day we'll be like rowing a boat or in Job and you know, the Leviathan will come and bite off your hand. Yeah. Like that's just life sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so we go to these places looking for control, like mm-hmm. anything, like mm-hmm. any subculture. So mm-hmm. I think that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I wanna if we can just just switch it a bit here. So I think in each of these conversations that we're having in this season, we wanna talk about like how do we reach this group of people, which as we talked about today is a large group of people. Like with the hope of Jesus, like like with with the gospel, um, like there is something called game church that d- that does exist that has tried in the past to reach people and and Jose is smiling right now, um, maybe some thoughts, some opinions there, but there are these ministries that are specifically geared towards gamers mm-hmm. and reaching gamers with the gospel. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What's been your experience? How might the church reach this huge group of people with the good news of Jesus? Thoughts. If if I were okay, I have a lot to say on this. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's something the church. I I think we we lose sight on. Like we we get to a point where like okay, hey, here's evangelism, and let's evangelize gamers, right? And that's the conversation, and and we've done it traditionally every single step of the way. Here's here's a Bible gamer, or right. he, here's Jesus. Here, here's gamer. a tract with yeah. with Mario on it. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I pray for you while we're trying to get this dub? Like, yeah. right. it's it's just it, it gets a little too far in beyond. Game, in gamer talk, it's cringe. It's it's cringe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. cringe. Um, just writing these things down. Yeah, yeah. take notes. Yeah. 
So I, I think like we lose sight on a lot of things that like Christians can do for the gospel just by using what we have, our gifts and talents. And um, how crazy would it be if we had any sports athlete who was preaching the word, you know, mm-hmm. same, same with like uh, basketball athletes, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the ones that, you know, have a great uh, track record and right. are, are preaching, you know, like this comes from, from God. Right? right. Or like, I've never played a good Christian video game. Mm. Like that, that is like, that won't exist, you yeah. know, like that in my head, it just like won't exist that right. like a Christian person would make a great video game. So what is, so I mean, that's a question to ask what, like what would be a Christian video game if a Christian person made the video yeah, game or See, if, like, like, it, if, if like, like Jesus was being crucified in the video game? Well, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about, you know, the gospel, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, like right, it could be yeah. just about anything. Right. And they make video games about anything. Yes. And, and why does it have to be? you know, limited to, like I said, just the, the evangelism part of it. Right. right. Like it doesn't have to be like, mm-hmm, right. we were talking about storytelling earlier. Yeah. Like why can't it just be the beautiful story that yeah. it is and, yeah. and have it be in that medium. Yeah. Uh, Jose, Caleb, want to say thank you guys uh, for being here. And hopefully this is just the start of this conversation mm-hmm. uh, as we continue to see uh, what it means to follow Jesus faithfully uh, in the sphere and in the realm of gaming, of esports going forward so thanks for being here guys looking forward to it thanks jake thanks thanks for listening to this episode of i hear me dragons podcast if you'd like to listen to other episodes you can find them on spotify or itunes you can also find sermons from various christ city neighborhood churches on our website and itunes as well see you next time